in a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Periodically during our family gap year life in the RV, we have moments when we start to feel like we're missing the comforts of home. And if you were to ask us what we miss, the kids might say something like having a bedroom door instead of just a privacy blackout curtain, a dishwasher, hot showers that don't require us to turn on the hot water heater, or that don't require us to listen to the groan of the water pump if we don't have water hookups. Much like the novelty of travel, simple indulgences take us out of our daily routine and can offer a refresh. So I want to lean into that in this episode and talk a little bit about how we might begin experimenting with indulgences without feeling the slip of lifestyle creep or justifying expenses that don't align with your values. But before we get into this episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors. Ilakai Outdoors is a company that helps people live their best life outdoors with high quality and beautifully designed yard games. One of our favorite outdoor yard games is Koob. It's a simple Scandinavian game, very family friendly. I like to describe it as a cross between chess and beanbag toss. Most people haven't seen it, so when we're out and about, people are always asking, "What are you? What are you playing?" But don't worry, because if you haven't played, every game comes with a QR code to download the instructions for off-grid play. The outdoor games from Ilakai Outdoor are built to last a lifetime, not just a single season. My husband was in awe at their custom-crafted and premium wood, all accompanied with a compact travel bag. You can see a short clip of us playing if you head to our show notes. But this was an indulgent accessory that was perfect for campgrounds or even playing in our friend's backyard this summer. It's a timeless addition to any outdoor adventure that you can take wherever you travel. You can check out Koob or any of the other stunning outdoor games by clicking on the link in the show notes and use Ordinary Sherpa 10 for a 10% off discount. Add a little indulgence to your outdoor play with Elikai Outdoors. We started to notice we needed to start thinking about indulgence in Alaska this summer. It could have been perhaps the combination of 40 plus days of rain, Perhaps a few natural disaster warnings like tsunamis, earthquakes, and a few wildfire evacuations, or maybe just the novelty of six months of travel was beginning to wane. But the trick seemed to be, how do we test indulgence without slipping into lifestyle creep or making adjustments if we felt these indulgences were critical to our overall well-being? I think it began in McCarthy, Alaska, quite by accident. So I highly encourage, number one, McCarthy, Alaska. I'll be talking a little bit more in my Instagram account about McCarthy and why it's my new untourist destination of choice in Alaska. But to set the stage, our little monster's birthday was coming up. We had spent the past few weeks rather isolated. Another park, another hike, another library didn't really feel all that exciting or special for his birthday. And we'd be off grid in the heart of Wrangell St. Elias National Park. We weren't seeking a flight to somewhere remote or some world-class whitewater rafting trip. We already had too much adventure the last few weeks. We wanted something simple, something comfortable. 
something indulgent. So thanks to Travel Rewards, I could splurge on an Airbnb with bunk beds and a loft. I'll also link in the show notes the name of this Airbnb if you're ever interested. But it was perfect because it offered us a private cabin, but also had a shared lodge. So it gave us a large kitchen with an ample living room space and several games, private showers and hot water for days, relatively speaking, of course. I don't want to sound privileged when I say it wasn't the glacier hike or the 15-mile round-trip bike ride to Kennecott that made his birthday weekend special. It was playing in the loft and baking a cake. You see in the RV, the oven is small and the temperature is inconsistent for baking. Fun fact from my RV technician husband's training is that the RV oven manufacturer's acceptable tolerance is plus or minus 50 degrees. So... Baking a cake, baking in general, just is not indulgent in the RV. Having a big kitchen and a loft, that felt indulgent. We have continued to be intentional about experimenting with indulgence, especially as we turn the corner into Q4 of our gap year and discussing more frequently how we want to make home our destination of choice. In this episode, I'm going to share a little bit more about some of the experiments we've done to really define indulgent experiences for our family. I was spending time in Washington with my foodie cousin. He invited us to go pick blueberries, and I wouldn't call myself a fan of blueberries, but the farmer told him she will be after she picks these. Every blueberry I had ever tasted was tart, kind of sour, not a fan. We were encouraged to taste them as we picked, and I had already shared with the kids that they can pick a bucket, but we would likely gift them to my cousin. As we worked our way down the row, my son shared how sweet the blueberries were. Sweet. Hmm. Of course, I tried them. And sure enough, these weren't just sweet, but they were absolutely delicious. We ended up keeping two buckets full. There is something about the soil, apparently, in this region that creates the perfect pH for different plants. And apparently, Chimicum Washington has the secret sauce. And this blueberry picking experience turned into an indulgent flair for fresh and absolutely delicious locally grown produce. While I have always loved a good farmer's market, I started to really pay attention to local farms and see if I could determine their sourcing locations. Part of the unexpected benefit of a small kitchen is that we're required to grocery shop more frequently, which means we are regularly getting fresh produce in our vacation house on wheels. The abundance of blueberries presented a greater challenge, though. What would I do with an extra bucket of blueberries? At home, I would have likely thrown them in the freezer, which I did. But remember, our freezer is quite small. And these were so good fresh that I wanted to utilize their heavenly sweetness in all the things. It actually was a problem that led me to explore how might I life hack my way into this indulgent endeavor. So our first experiment happened a little bit by accident. I ended up baking in a high-end kitchen with many more kitchen amenities. So again, remind you of my RV oven woes I shared earlier and the minimal baking equipment we have in the rig. You know, something like a KitchenAid mixer just didn't make the cut in our packing list. When I started sourcing ideas for baking with blueberries, I began to dream of luxurious things. They might be simple to you, but things like a dishwasher and a temperature-controlled oven and abundant mixing bowls and normal-sized baking pans. I decided... I would use the time that I had planned at my friend's cabin to bake, and the experiment was lemon zest blueberry muffins with strudel topping. 
I was up early in the morning and enjoyed my quiet time in the kitchen before the rest of the family came to life for the day. I wanted to serve warm, fresh baked muffins. So the indulgence in this scenario was the mixing bowls, like the number of mixing bowls, because there's like four stages to making these muffins. I know I'm probably getting a little too far down the rabbit hole, but stick with me for a little bit. So an abundant amount of mixing bowls, a lemon zester, a large farm style sink so that when I was working in between these stages of baking, I could put the mixing bowls between preparation cycles in the sink and like soak them. But I also had an abundant amount of counter space to prep and cool the items. And of course, at the very end, I had a dishwasher to load all the mess. I think the learning, though, was that modern kitchen amenities inform some of how we want our home kitchen to look like. Seeing and experiencing other kitchens is a fun practice, which ultimately reminds me that these indulgences can sometimes be romanticized. In the end, the practical use case for many of the utensils and higher-end amenities are somewhat limited, but we appreciate when we have them. I just often forget that when we do own them, I don't use them as much. So I'm not making any judgments on what you value or what you might be romanticizing, but it simply got me thinking about how might I hack this indulgence in a meaningful way. Here's what I'm taking away from this experiment. Is there a way that I can rent, borrow, or check out some of these small appliances from the library? I saw on several of the public libraries that we stopped at that they had fancy small appliances for checkout. Things like mix-aids, dehydrators, and just like some really nice things. It reminded me that a few years ago, I borrowed a friend's ice cream maker. I liked it, but I just couldn't justify buying it because we only make ice cream maybe once a year. And just like my minimalist tendencies really didn't see that as being practical for the space. However, one day I found the exact same model at a thrift store for $7. And so for that price, I could justify the space and owning the appliance, even with our minimal preference, felt like an indulgence worth keeping. So our second experiment was much more indulgent. It was toying with the idea of having a at-home pool and hot tub. We were fortunate that we stayed at a friend's cabin that had an in-ground pool, and multiple times a day, we made sure to jump in the pool. The weather wasn't really hot while we were there, but the heated pool was refreshing, and I tried to jump in at least once a day to leverage this resource that we had available to us. I also made it a point to have one of my workouts be something like swimming laps or something that would help me utilize this resource. I also used it as a midday refresh after working in the loft for a day where it got really warm. There were many inflatable toys, which seems fun, but they were big and quickly became a point of contention between the kids. So in this experiment, the indulgence was this in-ground heated pool with a fenced-in pool deck, nice chairs, an umbrella, just ways to enjoy the beautiful sunshine and have this luxury of an in-ground pool. But the learning was pretty interesting. As much as we enjoyed the pool, it was also a glaring reminder that it comes with a lot of maintenance and upkeep. I appreciated the pool shed that housed all the stuff, chemicals, pumps, cushions, a refrigerator, extra towels, all the things that was required just to keep the area decluttered. And ironically, the pool was a source of constant frustration. The kids wouldn't listen when we asked them repeatedly to, you know, be careful or stop horse playing. There was much more arguing and less tolerance for people being in their space, which is kind of ironic given how much space we have in the RV. It just seemed like the pool triggered quiet alone time and more frequent conflict resolution conversations. We didn't have this problem at the pond when we stayed in Canada. 
We played endlessly for two days without any issues. So I'm wondering if the space and feeling of being fenced in actually impacted our mental space with less tolerance to work out conflict. There's also something to be said, though, for how we behave in the presence of others. I do think that given that the pond in Canada, there were others around. There was an awareness and a higher tolerance to deal with conflict. I use the pool much like I take midday showers at home. And I realize there's something about being in and around water that helps neutralize, calm, and kind of cleanse the ick off, at least for me personally. While this experiment didn't justify any need for an at-home pool or hot tub, it did remind us that there is this appeal and there is a calming effect of water. So we'll continue to explore what that might look like as we consider making home our next adventure spot. I won't go into detail on all of the experiments we've been doing, but I will list a few indulgences and what we've learned from them. An espresso machine was an indulgence that we had available to us. And while I love a good coffee in the morning, a good coffee pot is much easier to clean. I think the indulgence for me comes from having someone else clean up the mess and feeling a little bit pampered in the experience versus the DIY version. I would gladly go to a coffee shop. That feels more indulgent than having it at home. The next indulgence fresh, clean bedding. Clean sheets are something I never considered as an indulgence. Generally, our laundry practices are different in the RV since we have less clothing and less items along. I don't mind rewearing clothes that aren't really dirty, but having clean and fresh smelling sheets feels like something I want to be really mindful of when I go back home. I've always just had extra sheets, extra comforters. We could just take them off and to be efficient, we put on a new set of sheets. Not always the clean ones, just what was around. We experimented with a Peloton workout at a friend's place, and holy cow, was that a workout I wasn't expecting. I think the learning was how do I create the space at home and commit to using it on a regular basis. I like the variety of new exercises, and a Peloton was a new experience, so I think it was more of a novelty than a must-have. Having our own room. So we've rented a couple of different places along the way, both Airbnbs, we've stayed with friends, And ironically, the younger two still choose to share a room whenever they have the chance. My oldest was really excited about having a bedroom where he could close the door instead of, again, that privacy curtain that he has up in the loft of the RV. But I think the indulgence for him was more of a big bed rather than everyone having their own room. And ironically, no one has seemed to sleep very well when we splurge on Airbnb stays that get us out of the RV. So it's ironic, but yet interesting that there obviously is something about that, perhaps the transition or something like that. But I always think like, oh, how was your night last night? And everyone's like, nah, it was okay. I didn't sleep as good as I wanted to. The next one is games, in particular board games. I am reminded over and over again how much interaction and time we spend in different ways when we play games. So we played Sleeping Queens with some friends and Cribbage. Both are ideas that they've added to their upcoming Christmas list. They were also simple enough for all of us to play. And I love that they brought us together at the end of the day. And it was such a simple, easy way for us to connect without a lot of thought or creativity required. So I am reminded that games and board games in particular, something that we can play as a family, are something I want to keep as a part of our lifestyle going forward. Good Wi-Fi. Now, this seems a little bit counterproductive to adventure, but good Wi-Fi really made our life a lot easier. We were able to plan our next routes much easier. We were able to also watch movies together as a family. 
And actually, I'm going to add the next indulgence. At one of the stays we had, there was a big sectional couch, and we all got to sit on the couch together. And that's just something we don't have, even at home, but certainly not in the RV. So that feels like something we want to think about as we make home a destination of choice. This one might also seem a little surprising, but we had some friends who had air rifle and Orbeez guns, and they had targets in the forest that kind of surrounded their home. It was almost like having an at-home paintball course, but no injuries were required. The hidden targets were all visible from the porch and positioned in safe places, so it felt a little bit like a scavenger hunt, but it also felt like risky play for my older children in a way that they don't get exposure to at home. So again, it was just a very unique, very novel way for them to try something different. And last but not least, ice cubes. I know this is the simplest, silliest thing, but always having them in a freezer is a luxury that we can never seem to get enough of when we have them. The automatic ice machines will continue to be an asset in our at-home freezer. We don't have room for the trays, and we also don't enjoy filling the trays. So that automatic ice cube maker is a high priority and an indulgent feature in our future life. Many of these indulgences are simple things that we don't have to have on a regular basis. And while I don't feel like we're deprived in any way currently, it's more of an intentional thought process to what can we add back into our life at home? What can we get rid of at home? And what can we frankly live without? I think my key learning in experimenting with indulgences is most often they're indulgences because we don't have access to them regularly. And if we did, I don't know that we would find as much value in them. Sometimes restricting access or having short-term indulgent experiences is more meaningful than having it be a part of everyday life. I hope this gives you a couple of ideas, like how might you test indulgences? What are some simple things that you could add or hack in a way that just lets you try it? Sometimes I think vacation and travel is a good way to have an indulgent experience, but it doesn't always have to be travel. You know, things that we can do at home and say, what if I had a garden? Or what if we could have something from this big gap year to our home and made this home the place that we want to spend time at? Either way, I hope you found something valuable from this episode. And until next week, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.